Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons. And on today's show, we've got to break down what's going to happen with the Rockies this offseason. GM Bill Schmidt, he's got his hands full. He's going to try to bridge that gap from a 100-loss season in 2023 all the way into getting to the postseason in 2025, doing it in two years, like the Diamondbacks, like the Orioles, like the Texas Rangers just did. And there's only one guy I could think of that knows the Rockies well, that knows the NOS, that knows baseball free agency quite as well as Purple Rose own Kenneth Weber. What's up, buddy? What up, Patrick? Good to see you, man. It's been a, been a while, but we're going to see just how big this gap is that needs to be bridged. <laughs> you know, that's indefinite. That's to be determined. But no, it's always fun to talk ball here with you guys. Is it going to like take the <laughs> amount of years and decades it took to like get through to like Glenwood Springs on I-70? You know, like, I might use timeline? I, Do you want to bridge the gulf or is it going to be bridging a gap? That's going to be the question. So that is the question. So we'll look at uh, the teams in the NOS. What do they need? But really digging in deep on the Colorado Rockies. But there's some rocks news uh, in in uh, in the world today, that that's out there immediately. Clint Hurdle out as an assistant general manager for the Colorado Rockies, but for him, it's a good thing. He's been added to Ron Washington's staff in Anaheim. Washington gets a two-year deal. The seventy-one-year-old manager who did take to the Texas Rangers to a consecutive World Series mm-hmm. and hadn't gotten a managerial position. In between that time, did a great job with Atlanta. He's there as the manager with the Angels. And with him as his bench coach, the guy who was a hitting coach in Texas, Clint Hurdle, is now a member of the Los Angeles Angels. Yeah, and obviously former manager in Clint Hurdle with the Rockies and the Pirates for a good duration. Uh, you know, Ron Washington kind of had an un, you know ceremonious exit right. uh, from the managerial ranks, but he was beloved and very well respected and regarded in his time with Atlanta. So it's good to see him coming back around. You know, I, I've seen some people just make the the loose comparisons of a Dusty Baker 2.0. Baker's out, Ooh. and now maybe there's a second wind with Washington with his managerial career. Like so, that? you know, it's not a bad fit for what L.A. is um, and where they're at. But, man, there's so much more that needs to go right in that organization. At least getting Washington and Hurdle seem like having some adults in the room for that. Yeah, it, uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens there. The Angels with their... Fifth manager since 2018. Yeah. Look, if they bring Otani back, I have all the confidence in the world that Ron Washington will kind of go back to his old infield coaching ways. Maybe he turns Shohei Otani into a shortstop. I don't know. Look, we're going to hear first if it does happen. <laughs> now, listen to this coaching staff. So when I looked at it, I got really amped. I had to look at the Rockies' schedule. And by the time I could, could find it, I, I realized, oh, wait, no, the Angels had just come to Coors Field this past year, so Rockies will have to go out to Anaheim. I got excited for this coaching staff. This is MLB's version of the Expendables. <laughs> it's, it, this is like a ragtag bunch of guys. You know their names. You know, some of them, this is their first coaching job after being big leaguers for a while, very beloved. Some older coaches. It's, it's the Expendables as far as coaches go. Clint Hurdle is your bench coach. Mm-hmm. Chili Davis Hitting coach, Tory Hunter. I know. At first base. Eric Young Sr. goes from first base coach with Atlanta over to third base. Ryan Goings is your infield coach. Only spot really missing is the pitching coach. And I couldn't think of anyone that could be a better fit than 76-year-old Nolan Ryan. Who says no? Who says no? Well, if, Kenneth? They, if they really want to lean into that, you know, old angel, Angels hierarchy, because you have Chili, you have Tory, um, who are both yeah. Angels. I don't think EY Sr. ever did. Um Jared Weaver, throw him into the mix. Maybe get some some dirt bags in there. And (laughs) looking at it right now, I'm not seeing first base coach. 
I don't know if they were. Oh, that's Tory Hunter, I think. Oh, is he? I thought he was. Uh, I was gonna say because you could have an EY on the corners, both sides, because oh. EY Junior was with the Nationals this yep. past and year, and he's a free agent now. Yeah, Corona Parr took his spot, so you could do that. And Chili, I just want to say, uh, Chaz, if you're ever out there, one of his sons that I played ball with, funniest dude in the world, man. So Chili and the Davis family are awesome. So I that's cool. Can't be more than happy for Chili getting another job. I love that. Yeah, no, I I like Jared Weaver. Nolan Ryan was a Los Angeles uh, mm-hmm. Angel for for uh, quite some time. If you go the young route, a guy who has never been a coach, how about 39-year-old Tim Lincecum? Ooh. Oh, come on. All right. Legend- this is the Expendables, Legendary man. angel, Tim Lincecum. And if you're really going to go old, and maybe this guy is just like in a, the bullpen coach, how about 98-year-old Bobby Shantz, fourth <laughs> oldest living ball player in the game, AL MVP as a pitcher in 1952, three-time All-Star, eight-time Gold Glove Award winner, the Expendables, in L.A., hey, I mean, it's Anaheim. It's not really Hollywood, but why not? Yeah. I why mean, not? Th- hey, there's, this is the perfect time for those 2003 championship angels, or 2002, excuse me, championship angels to start coming back into the fold. That's true. Bit. I mean, so. Troy you, Percival? Troy Percival, bullpen coach, was the okay. first thing that came to mind. Francisco Rodriguez? Recently retired, K-Rod. And still is only like 31. Yeah. yeah not, he, no, he's Scott Shields in there. Ooh. Oh, my God. Scott Spezio. Just bring him back for the facial hair alone. You Look, know, this, he can be this this generation's rally mode. This is why baseball needs its own version of hard knocks. Even if it's just for the coaching room. Like the Angels have got it all in spades. It's 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 amazing. I, I love that coaching staff to death, but we'll of course miss Mr. Clint Hurdle there mm-hmm. and, and all his uh, inspirational. Luck. Yeah, it's it's a bummer. He did say uh, in the conversation with with Susie, go back and, and listen to that on the YouTube channel, DNVR Sports. We've got it there. He kind of slipped in, like, yeah, we brought a couple guys back, but there's a few more that we're trying to bring back. We're trying to we're trying to get Manny Corpus back into the loop, which I thought was really interesting. A few mm-hmm. other names in there, so go back and uh, listen to that. The all-MLB team was announced, 72 different players. The Astros had 10 on that list, six rookies, and one from the Rockies. Every every team has to have a player on a that list. I don't know if that's always been the case, but I did look. I had to make a spreadsheet to mm-hmm. really make sure that there was one on it. But Nolan Jones... He's not a finalist for the Rookie of the Year award, but he is uh, a, he is a finalist for the All MLB team. Yeah, how do you feel about Altman over Jones? I mean, so uh, nobody can argue with Corbin Carroll, right? Corbin no, Carroll was course. a runaway guy, and Cody Sanga is essentially a, a, a professional veteran, still rookie eligible. So. Still rookie eligible, so you got to respect that. Yeah. Well, you have to tune in on Tuesday and okay. find out, or or just go over to the DNVR.com when my article drops because I did vote on that. Oh, and so you will see very specifically someone who's in how the I know, feel. You know, you'll see exactly how I feel about this. But I love the idea of the All MLB team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they only introduced it in, in 2019, and I really think, and I feel like we talk about this every offseason, MLB would would do great for. Adding more awards. There, there's no such thing as as too many awards. I don't, I don't think it's been watered down with this. Con- this, this is a brand new thing, all MLB team, and yet mm-hmm. people are hyped about it. It's fun. Yeah, and I think a good way to uh, spread it out a little bit is you yeah. can do something like the NBA where there's first, second, and third teams or tiers or defensive sure. units. Um, you know, there's, there's just so much lineage in most of the awards right now when it comes down to Gold Glove, Cy Young, MVP. Um, but really, it's, uh, it, it, it's hard to... Imagine that they can't get more creative and not just want to rely on the Players Association to do it. For sure. Yeah, it's, I think it's fun. I think, uh, and in the past, they had announced it during the winter meetings, and mm-hmm. I think they've gone away from that. It's like December 16th, something like that. Do so. better to, to, to show off your brand and uh, market your product of your players, too. You That's got always it. what the big thing needs to be with baseball. Yeah. There's a well, way to do it. 
you got to do that. You definitely have to do that. I know the commissioner uh, said during the World Series that he he thinks that there could even be like an all betting broadcast that focuses primarily on on bets, which I thought was kind of an interesting take. I could but see it. I yeah. mean, that's that's just the way that sports are turning right now, and I think baseball is going to be leaning into that hardest. Yeah, they def- definitely should, and you can lean into. DraftKings Sportsbook, because basketball is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is celebrating with an unbeatable offer. New customers, you can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for throwing down $5 on the NBA. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. You'll start the season with an instant dub. And with DraftKings Parlays, everyone's got a shot at even bigger baseball wins. String together multiple bets from the same game or build your parlay across multiple games for a shot at making your payday even sweeter. We all know basketball is more fun when you're in on the action, so download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR. New customers, you can get $200 in bonus bets instantly for betting just $5 only on DraftKings Sportsbook and only with code DNVR. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 or older, varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball for terms and eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Drink responsibly with Breckenridge Brewery, Broncos Country. It's still that time. We've got it on set. Go ahead, Kenneth. Get that bourbon. Grab that warm beer right there <laughs> of, if you need to. Yes. Feel free. You going to drink that? <laughs> You're allowed to. You're putting me on the spot. My day drinking, huh? You're, you are 100%. Get, I mean, guests aren't required, but they are very much welcomed. Oh, look, you hear that sound? That was not Foley work done by Yahir. That's amazing. It's, it's good even when it's warm. Under the studio it lights. Is. It's better, and of course, the tailgates. It's better here at the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax and York. It's better when you support local because it's a Colorado company that support us. It's fantastic. Made with 100% renewable energy. Made with Colorado ingredients. Go to breckbrew.com and find a Breck Brew near you. Let's talk about the Colorado Rockies. Man, they've got the, some work cut out for them. After a 103-loss season, if they're going to do that thing that I think a lot of people are hopeful for, and I think a lot of people think you know it's possible, especially with there being three wild cards. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk in a little bit if the NOS is a little bit suspect right now. But bridge that gap to getting to the postseason in 2025, or at least being contenders for the postseason, especially with so many of those young guys coming up through the system and being that much closer to the majors in time for 2025. What do they need to do? They've got a lot of work cut out. There's a lot. So it's not just one simple answer. Um, I think, one, they've made their plans very clear that they are going to live and die based on the development of their farm system and their prospects. You saw Nolan Jones and you saw Ezekiel Tovar come up this year, and that's the start of it. You know who that was, was big. That yeah. was big. You know who was supposed to be there next to Tovar instead of Jones? Jones was the one that really stepped up and took that cornerstone role a little oh, bit. Oh, I know. We we had a device <laughs> that was uh, calibrated to calculate when this person would come up to the majors. Were you 
Think about Zach Veen? I'm thinking about Zach Veen. We're talking <laughs> about Zach Veen. So really, I mean, this is a big year for Zach Veen because this yeah. was supposed to be the next star. And if you now are talking about the second, the third year of this guy being behind schedule, you know who the current second baseman is who kind of was going through that forever and ever is Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. And so it's a precarious spot when you're a prospect because, hey, man, that, that spotlight is only on for so long before you become an established big leaguer. Um, but you still have Beck, you have Fernandez, you have Sterling Thompson tearing up the Arizona Fall League yeah. this year along with Benny Montgomery. So their trust is in their position player prospects. You got to have pitching. You got to reinforce the pitching in the in the starting rotation. And so the biggest thing that the Rockies can do to elevate themselves to more of a contender status for 25 is reinforce what that rotation is going to look like. You're betting on Marquez and Sensatella being back for at least one more run between them. Freeland's mm -hmm. still around. There's a lot of injuries in the minor leagues right now on that side. So going out and acquiring somebody that can have at least middle of the rotation, top of the rotation stuff, and putting yourself in a much healthier spot for the rotation in 2025, that's got to be the best way. You look at what Arizona did this year. Yes, they had some reinforcement, but they had their Corbin Carroll. They had mm -hmm. Perdomo coming up and being a guy. Christian Walker continued to elevate. But now... Zach Gallen became full-blown ace around 2022. Merrill yep. Kelly was a savvy signing for him, but now you had a guy like Brandon Fott who was able to come in and really start showing or start showing top of the rotation potential and yeah. became huge in the playoffs for them. Yeah. Rockies need to have their dudes like that. Can it be Gabriel Hughes? Can it be Dolander? Can it be Vargas is too far away probably, but right now there's too many hurt guys that you don't know. So really hedge your bets and just acquire as much pitching as you can of the best quality that you can. And as you said, of the three guys you named that I think have you know, the biggest hype uh, for as far as rotation pieces go, Dollander's the only one that, that's healthy right now, and we didn't actually even see him pitch, pitch professionally. Yeah. So it's hard to obviously you know, rely on him and even think that you know, maybe he debuts late in 2025, but Hughes and, and Jordy Vargas, uh, along with Jackson Cox, mm -hmm. uh, needing Tommy John surgery. So starting pitching is where it's going to be at. Let's, let's talk about that uh, a little bit more here. But some 40-man business to kind of reset the table just a little bit. A couple guys outrighted off the 40-man roster that we've been talking about all offseason. Austin wins, Harold Castro, Ty Block. Matt Cook, Matt Carasetti, Carl Kaufman, and Ryan Rawlson, though uh, Kaufman and Rawlson still with the club. The other five elected for free agency. Mm -hmm. We know that there were, you know, uh, five veterans that were traded at the deadline that you're not uh, that aren't going out in free agency and creating room on the 40-man roster. And then the three true free agents uh, that that go out there in uh, Chase Anderson, Chris Flex, and two starting pitchers, and then a guy in the bullpen that you were really counting on, Brent Suter. Mm -hmm. So that leaves your 40-man. Uh, Roster at 35 guys, except on Monday, uh, Jalen Beeks was, of course, added. Nice little left-hander that will probably, you know, take over that role that, that Brent Suter has as a waiver-wire pickup in the final year of his Diaz arbitration-eligible uh, guy. He's 30 mm -hmm. years old. You know, he should fill in there, you know, fairly nicely to give them innings. So they got room for four guys. So they're going to have to, you know, have some Rule 5 considerations uh, and add some players that way. But... And that's oh. incorporating Marquez and Sensatella off the 60, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. all those all those 60 IL guys, they have to come back. So that's where you only have room for four guys. I think there's still some fat that you could trim from the 40-man roster. Agreed. Adiel Amador, Yankee Fernandez, those guys are going to be added. Not sure if we'll see them in time for, for 2024. Maybe on Kiel late in the season. We'll I don't see about rule that. out Amador. I really don't. Just because sure. that's an advanced plate approach that is the hardest thing for a lot of guys to is the last thing 
to come for a lot of guys. And so Amador, man, he's that same fast riser that Tovar was before. I think the bigger question yeah. comes, uh, are you going to have the spot for him? You know, and that comes down to the, the decisions they make this offseason. Um, and, you know, if anybody's ahead of them on the totem pole, specifically if like warming burnable is able to figure it out or something like that. But Amador, man, he's been electric everywhere he's been. And he also is consistently at least equal, if not reaching base via walk more than striking out. Puts the ball in play, has dynamic ability with the bat and can, you know, hold his own up the middle of the infield. That could be a big leaguer at the end of 2025. I don't rule it out. And with the emergence of Amador, and he's been a top prospect for a while, but now getting that that national you know, love uh, from mm-hmm. MLB Pipeline, the 21st best prospect in all yep. of baseball, yep. 21. That's for a guy that missed two months because he had a broken hammock bone mm-hmm. in his and right hand. missed another month, I think, or close to another month with uh, with the yard goats. He returned for like two games and yeah, then he, went back down again. That was it, yeah. yeah. So you got Amador, you got Sterling Thompson, who's mm-hmm. mostly been playing some second base, a little bit of outfield. That's not too second base prospects that are right there on the verge of uh, making an impact on the roster. Where does, what does that mean for Brendan Rogers? He's got two more years left of, of club control. Obviously he was, he was banged up. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was good to see him finally be able to uh, return uh, after the shoulder surgery. So he got in, you know, two plus months there was really important. This is a, this is a point in which the Rockies need to make a decision. When they came to this crossroad two years ago, they made decisions on those guys coming out of the coming out of the the work stoppage. You had extensions for Ryan McMahon, mm-hmm. Kyle Freeland, and Antonio Senzatella, and then the fourth guy, Ryan Altapia, they traded because teams teams aren't as interested in players when they have only one year less left of of club control. If you want, to, you can give them two years. If you can give them three years, and you see how much you know Atlanta had to pay to get you know a guy like Sean Murphy. Mm-hmm. Still, still probably was a steal for them, but still, two to three years left of club control is going to give you your most value, and that's where Brendan Rodgers is at right now. You do have Ryan McMahon who can also play some second base. So, if you're thinking of sliding somebody over to third base, is that warming Bernabel? That's that's where your depth is. You have you have depth, and you have a lot of young outfielders that mm-hmm. you could possibly trade. And you've got two second basemen on the big league roster, um, in in Rogers and McMahon. In addition to Amador and Thompson knocking on the door, is that where your trade capital comes from to possibly acquire some starting pitching this offseason? I would put McMahon in the same conversation with Rogers. Okay. Um, McMahon has cost certainty. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a little bit more expensive, so there might right. be a little bit that scares off other teams. But you also have McMahon, I believe, under contract for four more years. Yes. Um, so there's some certainty, there's some control, and there's elite defense from both of these guys that comes into the equation. Um, it's a real rock and a hard place when it comes to Brendan Rodgers, though, because in his five big league seasons, he's averaging 63 and a half games per year. He has just mm. missed so much time. And really, 2022 was the only full season that he's put together where it was about 134 games. And that's where you got to see that impact player. And Brendan Rodgers, at his core, is an impact player. He is an, a bona fide middle-of-the-order bat, and he'll play gold-glove defense. He already showed that in 2022. But there's more that Rodgers is capable, and everybody knows it. He's running out of time to show it with Colorado. And then you're looking at the point where, you know, this unfortunate entry at the end of February, beginning of March, knocks him out for three quarters of the year. Now, are you selling Brendan Rodgers the production or are you selling Brendan Rodgers the two years of control? If we're talking about this after 2022, you get to say both. But now you're at the point where, okay, 
are we maximizing value or are we kind of getting out of this game a little bit too soon with Rodgers? You know, there's kind of feeling like there's no right answer, but looking at the rest of this roster, he's also probably the most valuable chip that you have that you're willing to trade to. So I think for them to look to the future, you got two more years of control. If you're shooting for 2025 and you got Amador right behind him, it makes sense to move on from Rodgers. It does, but... You know, there could be potential for him. Uh, maybe a compromise in this is Brendan Rodgers shows he's healthy for the first half of the year. He starts becoming the hitter that you've always seen he's capable of being. And then he's a trade deadline candidate with a year and a half remaining. Would allow you to have your cake and eat it too a little yeah, bit, Yeah, right? that wouldn't be the worst outlook <laughs> in the world. But there's also a lot of loyalty that comes in with Brendan Rodgers. The same way that they wanted to make sure they got uh, Riley Pint to the major leagues and be a Rocky at the big league level. I think they want Brendan Rodgers to be an all-star in a Rockies hat one time too. And I think they're really loyal to that idea. So And that's the problem. Yeah. Because what you want is to feel good about your third mm-hmm. overall draft pick in 2015. Yeah. And pat yourself on the back and say, see, this guy became, you know, really good, really, really solid mm-hmm. and and maybe uh became an all-star under under our tutelage and under uh, our watch. See how we're rather draft than, and develop. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than improving the roster for the future mm-hmm. you know the, the the right answer was probably exploring the the trade market a little bit more last offseason when his his value was his highest and that's the those are the tough decisions talking with cody del mendo yesterday of chgo cubs podcast mm-hmm. you know jed hoyer had to make a really tough decision in you know uh, getting rid of david ross and and bringing in craig council he had to make the tough decision for the fans and say I know you love these guys, but we got to trade Rizzo and Javi Baez and Kyle Schwarber um, and Chris Bryant. Yeah. We, we got to do that for this the— This era is over. Yeah. This era is over, and you have to kind of move on from that. What's um, best for their ego— Well, they do that. Yeah, what's best for their ego isn't necessarily what's best for the long-term health of the organization. And then if you're looking at this, you know, one rumor that was floated out there was the Rockies getting with the Marlins last year and, you know, talking chop about starting pitching and Rogers' right. names gets brought up. If we're here in this chair today and the Rockies are still a 103-loss team, but Yuri Perez is in the system now, oh. because how are you feeling then? You know? How you doing? Yeah. So that's like, those are the hard decisions, but there can be huge ramifications, both positively and negatively, but you don't know until you take the risk. Right now, if you're just stuck in neutral and you want to see Rodgers out through the end and then watch him leave in free agency, you already played that game with Trevor Story. And now you're a 103 lost team two years later because of it. So, you know, that's you got to make the hard decisions. You can't be afraid of being wrong with it, too. Nathan in the chat says the guy homers every time I attend a game. But Go to more games. I think Nathan. you have to look. At, yes. <laughs> yes. The problem is you, man. Come on, Nate. Uh, no, the Rymac, uh, you, you have to consider trading him for some arms. EJ also in the chat. Make sure you're jumping in there. Even after shows, you can go over to the DMVR Sports channel and leave a comment there. We look at those. EJ Sanchez says, as much as this era is defined as B-Rod and Rymac, they can't be the best players on your team if you are a playoff team. Yeah, I would agree with that. And and kind of the problem, too, right now this offseason, or one of the challenges, at least, that, that the Rockies are going to face, and they can still be successful here despite this challenge, so many teams around baseball are saying that their top priority is to acquire starting pitching. Mm-hmm. And the free agent market, uh, other than the top guys that are out there, and we'll get to some of those, 
it's it's not terribly deep. Like there's mm. there's plenty of good number four starters that yeah. maybe play up to be a number three. So it might not be uh, as bad. But everybody's going to be exploring trades. So the Rockies are are gonna gonna have their work cut out for them. Bill Schmitz. Uh, hopefully, some of the conversations he's had down there at the the GM meetings, uh, at least before he may or may not have. Uh, come down with some kind of uh, ailment uh, as they've canceled the the GM meetings basically because everyone's not got food poisoning but they've something, got man. something going on. But hopefully those conversations to to lay the groundwork there with agents and other teams uh, is is moving the needle so that the Rockies can acquire a little bit of of starting pitching. Look, you all out there need to acquire sunglasses because it's still bright in the fall, still bright in the winter. In fact, I argue it's even brighter in the winter time because when that's sun. Banks off that snow. Snow blind is it's, real. It's legit. Mm-hmm. And I got baby blue eyes. So I got to protect <laughs> these delicate. bad boys. Yes, it's almost... I, I wear Shady Rays for health purposes, basically. And, and look, you, you got to make sure you're, you're doing what's best for the health of your wallet. You buy one, you get one free when you use code DNVR at Shady Rays. They got the lost and broken replacement policy. It's amazing. If you lose or break them, they're going to hook you up with a new pair, pair, even if it's day one. That's how great they are. That's how much they stand behind their product. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays, they're giving you the best deal of the year because it's buy one, get one free. If you go down to the Park Meadows Mall, you can buy two pairs. You get 50% off both of those as well. Kind love. Since you're going down to that area, uh, stop by at, at the Cherry Creek location there. One of the first dispensaries in all of Colorado. It's kind love, so support Local business with the highest quality cannabis in the state. We're talking authentic genetics, patient growth techniques, one of the highest quality brands in Colorado, doing it since 2010 and doing it with that turbo core. That's the stuff. I, I could tell you what it is. You've, you've heard about it before. Go down there and ask one of their bud tenders because it's definitely worth the trip to go down there, check it out. And it's worth also getting uh, a nice little discount, 25%. When you go uh, and purchase from Kind Love at any of their Denver locations, 25% off when you mention DNVR and get that exclusive discount at Kind Love today. Kenneth, you wrote a really good article last year that uh, you might just need to reprise verbally. So if you just want to get a transcript of our show and then just post it on Purple Row, go for it. Ezekiel Tovar, an extension. It's hard to extend guys before they've had you know at least a year Diamondbacks look really good extending Corbin Carroll. Got a nice little deal. Rockies would have been good to do it last offseason, but now they've got a year of Ezekiel Tovar, a little bit of a track record, posting numbers that looked awfully similar to Nolan Arenado's mm-hmm. rookie year 2013. This, I think, could be one of the Rockies' priorities. I don't think it, it, it definitely <clears throat> shouldn't be their only one. No. They've got a lot of different things, but I think they can keep a bunch of different plates spinning, and I think this is a reasonable one for this offseason, extending Ezekiel Tovar beyond his free agent years? I think I don't think much in the narrative has changed. Everything that you've asked of Tovar, he did this year. You gave yeah. him the sh- starting shortstop job and said, hey, you're our guy, and he stuck from beginning to end. Put together pretty much a full season. He had the ups and downs with the bats, which you expected, but he also played to a gold glove caliber at de- at shortstop defensively. So he's everything that you've asked him to be so far. And he also didn't go bananas and outperform his metrics um, to the point where he maybe priced himself out of the range that you could have had him in before. He's never going to be in that pre-arbitration window like a Fernando Tatis Jr., like a Wander Franco, like a Julio Rodriguez. Those are the mega contracts that are the elite and you know it from the get-go. 
I still think the best comp for him right now is what the Braves have been doing and Michael Harris the second specifically, an 8 by 72 something like that, where you're locking down those arbitration years and you're getting three, four years of that free agency window too. You're carrying the guy basically until he's 30. And you're giving yourself a nice long-term deal and probably saving yourself in the long run. But the most important part about this is you're now putting your money where your mouth is with this. You are saying, this is our dude. We are a draft and develop, and we believe that this is a you know, higher-end shortstop, which is a critical position for us, especially with you know trying to strengthen our pitching. Um, we're going to make sure this dude sticks, and we're going to make sure that this is one of our core pieces, and we lock him up long-term for that reason. Um, he's not going to be getting himself into the $150 million range on you. He's not going to sure. go out and go 40-40 out of nowhere. It's a very realistic goal. And it's somebody that you've already put all your stock in in the first place. So back it up and just keep him there long term. Get yourself that new cornerstone and make sure it's it's somebody that the fans are going to know. And you see a lot of Tovar jerseys over the years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who says no? Like, it, it's just a win-win. I feel like it makes a lot of sense. I believe so. And, and, you know, it's one of those things. This is one thing that a lot of fans are envious of the Braves for and other organizations. The Braves are now looking at it where they locked up Murphy as soon as they acquired him. They already yeah. have Harris. They have Acuna. They have Albies. They have Spencer Strider, all these dudes are locked up. So you're talking about as long-term of a core as you can possibly make within the structure of the league right now. It's a really good formula to follow. And this is where, hey, if Nolan Jones is still the dude that you believe him to be, you can lock Nolan Jones up too. Yeah. Veen comes around or something like that, or Amador. Follow this kind of formula with the Braves right now. And there's a lot of veteran money that's been coming off the books for the Rockies. So you can start making that shift into, okay, this is our core, we're locking them up, and we're seeing ourselves in a six-year window, whatever it may be, starting in 25. It's cost assurance, right? It, mm-hmm. it, it allows you to, to know exactly how much you're going to spend because uh, the the more years Ezekiel Tovar plays and, and contributes uh, at, the, at the big league level, the more costly he's going to become in arbitration. And that number could balloon... <laughs> exponentially yeah. i mean we're seeing it with uh, the padres i think juan soto mlb trade rumors projected 33 million dollars mm-hmm. and you're like boy he hasn't reached free agency yet no this is how the arbitration process works so not only do you know how much you're going to spend on the roster because you're uh you, you've signed him to a long-term deal and it's guaranteed money it's guaranteed money for him so that's a win because if things go south and you know he gets cut or designated for an assignment you go ah i i wish i would have taken the guaranteed money even though I thought it was maybe less than I would end up being worth. Mm-hmm. It's just a win-win situation. And, and you're paying Tovar maybe less than he would have made in arbitration and certainly less than he would be making as a free agent when, when you get yes. to that point in his and career. And there's, there's the cost saving in the long term. But you know, my question is, how many more positive contracts are there for every John Singleton or every Scott Kingery? <laughs> you know, it always seems to be much more favorable for the team in these situations. Oh, yeah. And so now you're talking about four to five to one. For every one bad contract, you have four or five good securing of pre-arb players. I mean, you can you can go all the way back to Evan Longoria, you know, in his first sure. deal with, with the Rays. These are all, almost always slam dunk deals for the organization. Yeah. And if you're afraid of falling flat on your face, then yeah, maybe you don't go up to seventy million with a dude like that. That's why Scott King resigned for I want to say around thirty. And he hadn't made his debut, so you were taking that chance to just go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're pretty confident that when we see him up in the bigs, he's going to be okay. Uh, didn't necessarily work out. Mm-hmm. Same thing for Singleton. But Tovar now has a little bit of a track record. Exactly. So you can feel really, really confident about that going forward. All right. The Nation. What is, what is America? 
What is North America? Think the Rockies are going to do this offseason? Uh, I've seen a lot of different lists out there. Who's going to be free agent? Who's going to fit there? Do, do you think that the Rockies could be in on? I, so I'll say this. The, I think the Rockies are going to do, they might, they might. They might do something fairly big. Not Chris Bryant big, but I think there, there's a, a 60 to 65% chance there's going to be something pretty big here. And then the other 35% that's not big is it's going to be kind of like what the Diamondbacks did last year. You go, all right, you traded Varsha, you got back Gurriel, Moreno. No one's saying you're going to go to the World Series with that. Uh, no one's saying you maybe even acquired an all-star player, which ended up turning out pretty positive for Gurriel Jr. But it's just one that you're like, okay, I like our team better after. So I think at minimum, something like that will still happen. Do you think that they could possibly get in on maybe one of the top 25 free agents, considering that maybe the 20th best free agent out there might only run you 40, 50 million dollars? You know, I don't see them dipping their toes that hard into the free agent pool. Um, just because right now you just secure Charlie Blackman too. honestly, probably a pretty favorable contract for Blackman with the money that he's going to be getting there. Um, you have Bryant rising in salary now. Um, yeah. So he's going to be a little bit higher cost. You're not done with Nolan money entirely yet. Um, so there's, <clears throat> I think there's a little bit of gun shy when it comes to the free agent side. I think the priority is going to be bringing back maybe Chase Anderson, maybe allowing yourself to dip a little bit into a reliever or two. Um, I think it would be a big splash if there is kind of that Varsho trade. Just yeah. because last year it was acquiring <clears throat> Nolan Jones for Juan Brito was kind of the biggie, so to speak, on that. Yeah. And obviously it worked out very beneficially, but that's not a big radar. That's not a big seismic move sure. that caught a lot of attention at the time. However, Dalton Varsho was a pretty well-known player mm -hmm. for the versatility. First of all, you just don't get many catcher center fielders. And then everybody <laughs> who had an inclination about how Arizona was looking, they're like, look at all these left-handed outfielders. They got four center fielders out there, and these guys are pretty good. And so they knew it was a good piece being moved out and a, a top 25 prospect and Moreno coming back and a pretty well-known uh, bopper for, for Toronto and, and Guriel. So this circles back to the Brandon Rogers conversation. This circles back to the Ryan McMahon conversation. I think if you're able to move an established piece and a desirable asset for a little bit more pre-arb and addressing a bigger area of concern, honestly, which my, most likely ends up being pitching... That's the one where you can look at that deal and be like, you know what? I understand this deal, and you know I see some names coming both ways on this one. I can see it working out well for both teams. Last time that happened, specifically with the Rockies, Nolan Jones, fastest of 2020 ever. So now I think that's, that's the big splash that they can make is get themselves that top-of-the-rotation piece by moving on from one of their infield assets that they currently have. It will be interesting to see if, if they can pull that off because that's mm -hmm. going to obviously help them going forward because they're they're hurting a little bit after losing 103 what, games. What do you think their ceiling is for a free agent? Uh, I, I think they could possibly dip into the into the top 25, like in the 20, like a starting pitcher. Okay. Like, I, I've got a list here of, so, of, of names that they could possibly go after. Who could be the biggest name? For me, Jack Flaherty would be like Ooh, the biggest name that they okay. could get. And Flaherty would have to be, you know, buying low on his stock, and he's having a rebound year. He's choosing a hell of a place to do it if he's coming to Colorado. But you got to, to pay him because because this is the thing is if pillow contracts exist where uh -huh. all right, pay me for one year, I'm gonna go out there and improve my value, and then get paid even more. Cody Bellinger, yep. case in point. In fact, 
it was a, it was a pillow deal that allowed him some options. But hey, I had the year I thought I was gonna have. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna opt out. No pitchers. You're not gonna get a pillow. I mean, no. unless it's a concrete pillow. I don't, you know what I mean? Like it's it's bad. Well, if 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 you blow out in the elbow <laughs> or the shoulder, you're gone. So an anti ergonomic was... pillow is what you're gonna get on a one year deal. The my so you pillow. gotta sign a guy, you know, to a, to a longer term deal. It's just you're 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 gonna mess your body up. It, it's not gonna be pretty. Again, you're mm-hmm. gonna be banged up. Look, if you've been banged up at work, call Bacchus and Shanker. They win for families. They've been doing it in Colorado for quite a long time. They've won their clients over a billion dollars for over 25 years. They got a big staff there, 30 lawyers, 100 folks. They're working around the clock, working for you and doing it for free. That's the best part. They don't see a dime until you see a dime. It's amazing. Whether it's car accident, motorcycle, ride share. They will consult with you for free as well. So give them a call. It's 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 only you're only paying your time. That's it. And their time is free up to this point because if they've got a case, they will start to work for you for free. But if you're not sure, give them a call. There's no there's no harm at all. All Tulos, 222-2222. Find out if you have a case for free because Backus and Chanker wins. Unfortunately, we we can still say Jonathan Daza, but we can. he's he's gone though. He's also uh He's also gone. Dazzle, All right, Dazzle, EJ's Dazzle. got the wish list going in the chat. This is where you go. If you're not on Twitter, at DNVR underscore Rockies, and if you're listening as a, uh, this as a podcast, please review. Please give us five stars. Give us a nice little review there. But if you're in the chat, that wish list. Flaherty? EJ likes that. Mm-hmm. Jorge Soler. Look, he was the guy two years ago when you needed a big outfield bat. I could see them still thinking that they need a big outfield bat, but I got a name. I got a name for you that's slightly askew. Mm-hmm. That uh, I did see linked to the Rockies. Not not too many names are linked to the Rockies. Yeah. When people say, "Hey, where is a good spot for this guy and that guy?" Not too many people say, "Hey, I think the Rockies would go after." Here's a name that's been linked that was linked in one spot that I saw to the Rockies. That's a big na na. Or old is Chapman. Mm. That ain't happening. No way. Nah, nah. No. That ain't happening. Then why would a old is Chapman want to come to Colorado? I mean, so like he <sighs> he did his rebound. He's a skier. Yeah. Is he ski? <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. I don't know if they make skis big enough for Snowboard Chapman. guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think he's a snowshoer actually. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but honestly, so like Chapman did his rebound year with Kansas City this year and went right back to a contender in Texas and is pitching in the World Series and got himself another ring. And he was, you know, he's not the same Aroldis Chapman that you remember with the Reds, but he's still a dude that's pumping 100, and he's still an effective lefty, and he's more of a setup man now than one of the elite closers in baseball. That's going to be in much more demand than what the Rockies are going to go for. You would and, love to have Chapman, sure, but does Chapman want to be a Rocky? Realistically, no. Okay, and you know what? A couple of things on this. I'm, I'm almost convincing myself now that maybe there could be a link uh, with Aroldis <laughs> Chapman. But, but a couple of things with that. One... We're starting to see it already because Trevor Bauer is in the news. A couple teams in MLB are already talking with him. So those PR nightmares, those guys who have had suspensions and um, just they've uh, they've been in the headlines for all the wrong reasons mm-hmm. for domestic violence uh, violations and things of that nature. Teams are kind of getting over that a little bit quicker. Um, I, I can't say that I like that. I, I, I don't. I, I, I don't all. like it in other sports, and I don't like it for baseball either. But but teams are s- seemingly putting that to, uh, to the side. Um, on the on the pro, why would Chapman come here? So you say, hey, I'm going to go to KC. If this doesn't work out, <laughs> you know, like like no, no, we're, we're going to win the the AL Central. And he knew that that wasn't going to no. happen, but he can you know get paid, help out the Royals, and then go to a contender to possibly win a ring, increase his value. Well, guess what the Rockies just did? 
the last trade deadline, they traded away veterans. Mm -hmm. Now, Bill Schmidt and the Rockies can convince a guy to come here, maybe a more high-profile guy that does need to reclaim his value, is looking for a one-year deal, older player, but still looking to reclaim a little bit of a value and say, you know what? I think I might be able to trust this team to trade me if they're not in contention, and I don't think that they're going to be. So you know what? It's kind of a win-win for both of us. In the past, teams, I think, really stayed away. The Rockies did a disservice to their entire organization to, to possibly sign those guys because if you're not moving them at the deadline, I don't think I want to even be associated with your team at all. Yeah. I'll take less money and go play elsewhere. So maybe that happens. But EJ... Getting back to... I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Chime in. No, I also agree to this concept, but I think it needs to work both ways. So you talk yeah. about a Aroldis Chapman rebuilding his value as stock with Kansas City being flipped at the deadline. Harder to do at altitude. Sure. And so, <laughs> but on, you know, what used to be what was best known for with the Rockies was being able to bring in a Jeremy Burnett, a Jeffrey Hammonds, whomever to put, plug into right field. Let the heyday of the Rockies. Hit their brains out. <laughs> and then Gant? you were able to move them. Jorge true. Soler is a wonderful example of that. That's true. So if it's one of those where, okay, we got left-handed bats in the corners with Jones and with Charlie Blackman out there, uh, Doyle will hit some to some degree, but you know what? We could use that right-handed side. Soler hitting in Colorado should work on paper big time. And yeah. then if it's something where he needs to rebu rebuild his value, which it's not as bad as it was after 22 where he was hurt the whole time, uh, he rebuilt it pretty well this past year in, uh, in Miami. Lean into that. Inflate your offense. Elevate your offense for half a season. Hopefully you can ride it a little bit more. I mean, that's honestly what Rosario and, and Solaire did for Atlanta in 2021. But if it doesn't work out, great. Ship them off. Let them be bats for somebody else. It works both ways, not just the pitching and the hitting side. We were able right. to sell off bullpen pieces this year and some veterans that had been here for multiple years and uh, Grichik and Crone. Don't be afraid of the one-year guy. Let him come out. Hit like crazy, and then you know what? If they're not part of the plan, they move on. They rebuild their value, and everybody's happy. You definitely are worried about blocking the young guys, especially in the outfield, but it's going to sound negative to say it, but you don't know what the future holds for some of these guys. As great as Nolan Jones was in, in his rookie season, mm -hmm. sophomore slumps are a real deal. You know, As great as Brenton Doyle was defensively, will he be able to you know hit better than... 200 yeah. that's that's kind that's of a, a, big, of a question. big question and 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 i think he will especially because he had what i think 53 plate appearances above double a right he had uh, a scant amount of time with Sorlaire, he's gonna want at least three years i'm thinking so that's where you go are you gonna block those guys but we don't know exactly what's gonna happen jones could move back into the infield i don't necessarily think at third base maybe he's more first base but there are pieces, certainly, uh, that you're going to have to to deal with. Nathan in the chat saying, I have an odd feeling we're going to overpay for someone like Stroman, who there's been those uh, connective tissue with uh, as far as the, the Rockies having interest in, in, in Stroman. So uh, we'll get to some of those starting pitching fits here in just a second. But what about a guy that's maybe more of a short-term deal that I saw linked? And first I go, no. And then I talked myself into it, and I go, Maybe, maybe he's the next Justin Morneau. Maybe, just maybe, the Rockies are, are trying to learn the game of chess. They're, they're learning that, okay, where do these chess pieces move? I'm not going to beat anybody, but I at least want to know, where does my rook go? Mm -hmm. where, does the, where does the castle, where does the horsey one go? <laughs> they're learning the game of chess. They might not be playing it, the but they're one. learning it. The knight. Maybe they said, Chris Bryan, it's pretty much going to be our first baseman because 
they want to go out and sign a first baseman. Maybe Chris Bryant is still your right field first base DH type, mm-hmm. but you can go out there and sign a first baseman, and you sign a little two-year Justin Morneau-like deal with a guy like Reese Hoskins. Yep, I had a feeling that name was coming. And Maybe. When you, yeah, when you talk about the stock being low, was it ACL with him? Was it shoulder this past year? I, I don't remember. I, okay. I don't actually remember I what his deal I think he was. blew out his ACL going backwards for a ball in spring training. But that's the perfect example of that lower stock and then allow them to rebuild their value with your franchise. Um, uh, my only qualm with that is you already have too, for, too many first basemen going on right now. So if you have Tolia, if you have sure. Montero, if you have sure. Goodman, if you have Bryant all in the equation right now, and now you add Reese Hoskins into it, do you really need five guys on your 40-man that all play first base? basically only. No. So, you know, there has to be a little bit of uh, spring cleaning that goes on with that position. Sure. But I think that's a great example of it. Um, and I think if you end up moving on from somebody like, uh, you know, Rogers or McMahon, you can also kind of use the, one of those corner spots that, that same way to just puff up a bat for a little bit and then be able to move them out for for assets after. Yeah, I don't know that we'll see, like, Brian at a third base, let's say, if you move McMahon no. over. But, again, if, if Brian is still going to be a right fielder, that that's the only way that it works. If he's not, if he's definitively a first baseman, Reese Hoskins makes zero sense whatsoever. I saw Kevin Kiermeyer. Mm-hmm. Nah, we're good. We got a Kevin Kiermeyer about a decade younger. That's not going to work. Teoscar Hernandez... Dodgers are already connected. That. I would okay. love to see Tay Oscar in Colorado. Whether the fit is there or not, there are some that just kind of scratch that itch of like, yeah, I would watch 45 home runs of that dude at Coors this year. And Tay Oscar's kind of one of those guys. It does, uh, he's a guy that's probably going to get end up getting like four years. Yeah, he's going to get paid elsewhere. I heard Jason Hayward. Okay, maybe short term. Eh. I saw somewhere Jason, uh, Josh Hader. I yeah. don't I, I, I can tell you 30 teams that would love to have Josh Hader right now. Uh, it comes back to the Chapman conversation, but this is also like if it was peak Chapman at the time, Yankees closer Chapman, he ain't right. coming to the Rockies, and that's what the position hater is in right now. No, the guy that seems like a decent fit when it comes to pitching, because, again, they're going to have to get like a number four, five kind of guy, and I, I think there are a lot, of, a lot of components there for why this guy would make sense, and that's Michael Lorenzen. And then just this morning, I saw Skyler. Yep. Skyler. I was like, of course, Skyler would be on the ball. Yep. He's a dude like that. Um, it, I, I think it makes sense as far as his age. And there's definitely some, you know, some questionability uh, that, that you have to worry about because he's a guy that doesn't have a huge track record. He's only been a starter really for the last two years, was mostly used out of the bullpen mm-hmm. uh, by Cincinnati. And so, you know, he's got his warts and. Uh, and, and that's why I think he maybe makes for that good fit, you know, through that that no hitter with the Phillies in his second start, first start at Citizens Bank Park, mm-hmm. and then went to the bullpen, and you know wasn't on the the, the Phillies roster there. But two years, twenty two million. Do, do you have to give him a third year? Probably and maybe not. Make it three years, thirty. I mean, I don't know that. Those are the kind of guys that you have to target. Someone where they're they're not a proven commodity, and. You know, even if you have to give him an extra year and an extra mill or two more annually, it's not going to break the bank for you. It's really just a matter of are, how much are the Rockies going to be able to spend. They've got about, I want to say, $34 million uh, of difference between the 23 payroll and what is already on the books for 2024. 
But with the AT&T Sportsnet deal, now that's less money that they've got coming in. Attendance did go up. It's hard to know exactly what they're going to do. And, and was there, their payroll was as high as it was because I think they were worried about losing 103 games. So they went and shelled out for a Jerickson Profar, mm-hmm. a guy who wasn't ready until the third game of the season. And you basically were shorthanded. Uh, in Visa. what I believe to be a, a yeah. Major League Baseball first. You, yeah. were, you were just operating with one less roster spot to start your year. Not enough, I think, was really made about that. But they threw a lot of that money in to make it, you know, start the season basically at like $171, $172 million, mm-hmm. when really they were probably a lot more comfortable in the low 160s. So I, I think they could go out and get one of those number four starter types. They're going to have to do that in free agency and then maybe acquire another guy um, via trade. Yeah. It has to happen. Oh, yeah, but I mean, this also, I, I think they need to acquire depth pieces via trade re- irregardless. Um, do you look at Feltner? Do you look at Lambert? Do you look at uh, whatever you make out of Rollison or Kaufman at this point? That can be your depth for a competition for a five, you know, if, if things go right. And I will say this is the second straight year that we have an article on Purple Row talking about buy low candidates or m- more affordable, modest options where Michael Lorenzen appears on that list. I, I wrote the same thing last year about the dude. So um, nice. I think he is I think he's a good one. I think maybe Oda Rizzi is somebody that can fall into that category a little could. bit. I mean, do you want to roll the Vince Velasquez dice? No. You know, do you want to be one of those teams? Because it seems to happen every year. Uh, you know, there's there's the modest free agents. I think Chase Anderson is kind of still in that bucket, and I think he would be somebody that they try to prioritize bringing back um, with that you know number four um, type of role. You just you just don't want another Jose Urania situation. No, not you at need all. somebody that's going to be better than that. Yes, and I think Anderson. Right? I think Anderson proved that. I think that there are. I I would like to see the Rockies take a swing on somebody that can safely be a back-end guy, but maybe he has a little bit more upside. Luis Severino is yes. somebody that you know has always been polarizing, especially for Yankees fans, but you see the potential for dominance with him. Um, it just never comes together, and then health is part of an issue too, for him too. And that's you have to be careful of that, right? You do, you but have to I be think it's worth that. a one-year gamble because really are you expecting yourselves to be a 95-win team next year and depending on Luis Severino to make that happen? Or are you trying to be a little bit better than you were last year? But Severino, I don't think, is a one-year gamble guy. For the Rockies, at least. He's I, a one-year gamble somewhere else. He's. Do you give him two years? So you could. That's, that's yeah, you essentially could. what the Does he take two years? He would probably rather one and like, eh. Yeah. That, but, but maybe that is where you, you fit in there, mm-hmm. in a spot like and that. That's, it could and that's, be. that's where the Dodgers shine the most, is they're able to take on those project dudes, and the project guys prefer going... Um, to LA more than they do definitely a Colorado. Um, so you kind of have to be a little bit more aggressive to bring on those projects, but you know, it's doable. I do have one quick question for you, Patrick. I'm not answering it. <laughs> what do you think Michael Lorenzen has more of? Game started or total, total bases? Ooh, okay. So because he was a two way guy. I wrote a story about him in 2019. Yeah. I was like, let's talk with this guy who's playing a little bit center field. Reds were using him a little differently. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, it's close. Else you wouldn't ask. So what is it? How many starts? Uh-huh. So started. he had, uh, he's close to about 20 pretty much on average the last two years. So he's got maybe 42, 45 starts. And you said total bases. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I mean, definitely. I'm going to say starts. 69 games started, 57 total bases. You just wanted to tell me how many starts he had. Yeah, I did. I see what you did. <laughs> what do you what think you is did. higher? His game started or his OPS plus? 
games started are OPS plus. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I see. Oh, uh, ooh, um, game started. It's 82, 84, excuse me, OPS plus. So you're just making Herman Marquez jealous. Yeah, a little like bit. bringing in Michael Lorenzen. A little there. bit, man. Duke could, could hit. Could be. Duke could hit. That's all I'm saying. Could be. All right. You, you talked about the Dodgers there. Let's let's jump into the NLS. Talk about why the West was won. I think the NLS is kind of suspect. The Dodgers are always going to be the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to find out a way. How, how is David Ross, uh, excuse me, how is David Roberts, by the way, not a finalist for NL manager of the year? Because he, it's the Dodgers Did, and they're a perpetual near But Brian Snitker? I the Atlanta clearly had a way better roster I than LA. That. that made no sense whatsoever. I agree. Anyway, moving on. But but the NL West is kind of suspect. Not not enough for the Rockies to take advantage of. I think no. anyone in that division could take advantage of the division right now, other mm-hmm. than the Rockies. We'll see if that if the teams are kind of still you know uh, lying around in in the same way in 2025 when the Rockies get back into it. Uh, Giants, who's out? Uh, Gabe Kapler, their manager. Yeah. Uh, Jock Peterson, Jacob Junis, uh, Sean Maniah, who now does not have to be back with Bob Melvin. He was together, Sean Maniah, <laughs> Bob Melvin, together from 2016 to 2021. Then in San Diego in 2022, uh-huh. he gets a year off in 2023. Now Bob Melvin has followed him to San Francisco. Maniah's like, I'm out. Yeah, I'm done with I'm this. I'm done with this. I can't so get away from this guy. He's gone. Who's in for the Giants? Bob Melvin, Michael Conforto, who exercises player option. What do the Giants need? They need some rotation help, at least one guy, maybe two, and they're definitely looking at an outfielder. They're they're trying to shore up their their defense in uh, in center for sure. And you kind of pointed out, you know what, first base. I think first base is is in the mix for them as well right now. Yeah, and so when you talk about Reese Hoskins having a potential to rebound his ooh, value a little bit, ooh, San Francisco makes a lot of sense on that one, yeah. especially if you want to platoon it a little bit with Lamont Wade Jr. Uh, you know, there's there's a weird gut feeling in me. Joey Votto is in, in, on the market, technically. You know, he's probably a lifelong redder. But <laughs> if I see him in any other uniform for whatever in my mental image, other than the Blue Jays, because dude's a strong okay. Canadian guy. Okay, yeah. I could see a Joey Votto Giants uniform. It's kind of weird and out there, but something they could roll the dice on. Um, you know, the Giants for me, one, the Giants are a big dark horse for Shohei Otani. And they it's are. not going to be the first time we bring up, or we talk about him on here. Uh, but they have been a, a competent and competitive team, a playoff team in, what, three out of four, three of the past four years, mm-hmm. while essentially overachieving. You, that's the complete opposite of what the Angels have been around Shohei Otani, where they have underachieved around their star player. So now it's helped elevate the, the floor of this team that is already a 500-better team and, and well-run organization. Um, but, you know, when we look at... When we talked a little bit off-air about this, too, there's kind of tiers of desirability or spending capability within this division. The Dodgers are obviously always on their own little yeah. planet when it comes to this. But I think the Giants are right in there. They're they've close. Been, they've been in on everybody over the past couple of years. Right. They have money. They want to spend it. So when we, lo- when we look into rotation needs for them, I think they're big players for Aaron Nola. I think they're in the Blake Snell sweepstakes. I think Sonny Gray is kind of a perfect Giants guy to go into that rotation, too. So I think that they can definitely acquire that number two to go with Logan Webb and really dip their toes into that pool pretty well. Um, first base, it's not great, you know. And then they've pigeonholed themselves a little bit with Conforto and Hanniger for one more year. Yeah. You know, it's $35 million between those two dudes, and they Whew. are not what they used to be. Uh, but when I look at center field and when I look at what could be a good, a good story that comes with it, too, Cody Bellinger. 
Cody Bellinger over to San Francisco would make a lot of sense for center field specifically. Get to piss off some Dodger fans <laughs> along the way. Yeah. Give them a little bit of a left-handed bat with some pop between it. So, you know, the Giants have some areas to address. Brandon Crawford is done at this point. So are you comfortable with, with uh, Luciano at shortstop? But... They're also a pretty desirable team for for a free agent to go to. And when you talk about Otani too, that's why it might be kind of quiet. That's that's why everyone's kind of hyped up this entire week about managers. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, let's talk about managers and get everything we can from this because uh, everything, yeah. everything is dependent on Shohei Otani. Really you don't is. get Otani, you can go ahead and get Bellinger. You don't get Bellinger, now you can start moving around all those other pieces because the Giants have, I think, some money to spend. Yep. And if they don't get Otani. Uh, that's what's going to happen there. Dodgers, who's out? J.D. Martinez, Ahmed Rosario, Jason Hayward, Lance Lynn, Clayton Kershaw, who's in? Well, Clayton Kershaw probably halfway through the season. Yeah. Um, but their needs, they need probably at least two starting pitchers. You know, they're probably, you know, they'll be they'll be fine with some of those young guys that they got that they can rotate in and out. Uh, DH, you know, they'll they'll figure something out uh, after J.D. Martinez is gone, and you know, middle infielder. I've got I got shortstop down now, but maybe Gavin Lux can go back over there. Mm-hmm. You know, Miguel Rojas is is fine, you know, defensively, but they might want to make a move. Um, Padres uh, also are are in need for two starting pitchers uh, and a reliever now after Josh Hader's gone. I mean, maybe you you go into the season with Scott Barlow as your your closer. We know the Rockies need two starting pitchers and at least two relief pitchers, uh, like last year where they got three in Pierce Johnson, Brad Hand, and Brent Suter. Uh, they already got Jalen Beek, so okay, they only need two more guys. And then the Diamondbacks probably only need one starting pitcher. I can even make the case that the Giants need two starting pitchers. Yeah, I'm going to say they need one to two. They they need the least amount, I'll say that. One to two starting pitchers, and they got to figure out what's going on over at third base with uh, Longoria becoming a free agent, mm-hmm. and they just need to get some pop out. Out of the, out of that spot, especially with Christian Walker's in his final final year of arbitration too. Yeah. Um, at at what age thirty three, so he's getting up there. So they're needed going to get a a big third baseman. So, again, NL West, a lot of work needs to get done to figure out who the best team in this division going forward. We know who fifth place is. That's that's <laughs> locked up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Rockies. We can make the laundry list. That's what the whole off season is of what the Rockies really need. But uh, you know, the Diamondbacks felt like a a pretty complete roster but it was a glaring hole at third base for the most part when you look at that world series team uh with uh emmanuel rivera right yeah and and Jace peterson and everyone going they, yeah. they had a three-man rotation it was a, there base. was a tough rotating tour there uh you know one guy that i think is a really perfect fit for that arizona team matt chapman oh yes i like matt chapman i can see that and i think that that is, that's a great fit for them they do have jordan lawler on the way though and so you can you know, qualify that left side of the infield with uh, Lawler and Perdomo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, real quick to touch on the Dodgers. One, with the Padres, they can't be better than they were last year. I mean, it's unless you bring back Snell and Hayter, how are you going to really improve? So, in, in, in a way, I, I think they can, only because they just were so lackluster. Yeah. And then maybe a couple guys clearing out of that clubhouse, maybe the chemistry maybe. is a little bit better. Oh, and the other big thing that San Diego needs, a manager. Well, yeah. They that, need a manager, like, they need a manager. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's going to have to so have I, a higher. So I think it could happen, but on paper, yeah. on paper, no, you're right. Like, 
they're not going to be better than go, than they were going into 2023, no. 100%. And so and, and they're going to have to do it on a tightrope because they're making it very clear that, okay, we splurged, and now we're kind of staking that step back because of the way we underachieved. Right. Uh, Dodgers are interesting. It's very easy to jump into the Otani conversation, but, you know, that's pretty evident. Um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting what the Dodgers do because they do have Gonsolin. They do have Bueller coming back. Mm-hmm. And then Dustin May, you know, hopefully a second half guy that's able to come back for him next year. So there is some pitching reinforcement on the way. And Bobby Miller's there. I'm curious to see because there's a pretty prominent Japanese pitcher that's being posted this year mm-hmm. in uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. You know, uh, he's won three consecutive Cy Youngs over there or the Sawamura Award. Mm-hmm. He's a big arm. And, you know, generally speaking, a lot of those guys end up coming over to West Coast teams the majority of the time. Kode Senga obviously went to the Mets this year. Maybe the Dodgers go there. You know, it's been a while since they really had that big splurge on that, you know, that big splash on acquiring uh, an Asian pitcher. And so this is, a, this is a pretty prominent one. So I could see them going that route with it as well. With the Yankees, think about it when they kind of were clearing some space in 2016. And it was like, all right, they're freeing up some money to sign Bryce Harper. Didn't happen. Nope. That didn't happen. And so we... Otani to the Dodgers, obviously. Okay, moving on. Next topic. Not necessarily. It could be, hey, you know what? We can actually get a lot more by spreading that money out. And even if Yamamoto gets, I've seen numbers floated as much as $200 million mm-hmm. for him. That's how that's how good this guy is. Um, yeah, you're maybe able to do a little bit more with, with other guys than just to show hey, Otani. But Yamamoto, he could end up getting the most money of any. Okay. I, I don't think he will of any, of any free agent starting pitcher. But it, it, it certainly wouldn't surprise me. No, and I think I think he'll be up there high in the conversation. He will be, yes. And then it also, you know, it's... But again, the competition drops off pretty hard. Obviously, Otani's on his own planet. But, you know, EJ brought up Marcus Stroman earlier. Uh, or, I'm sorry, that might have been... Uh, that was Nathan, excuse me. Yeah. Um, is he the second best pitcher on the market? No. I think, I think Aaron Nola... Is right okay, there. so you put Aaron Nola in there, but I mean that's, that's. I'm not a huge fan of Blake Snell, but I think he very much could be. He could he could also well, be I put that Snell guy. One, so oh, you do? Me on okay, that. all right. Yeah, yeah, I put Snell one just because Otani's it's Snell, not Yamamoto, pitching right now. Yamamoto, Nola, right? Those yeah. three guys. Yeah, yeah. Otani, we're taking him out of the conversation because he's not even pitching. But right those now, are but... the three like top starter guys for yeah. sure. And so I mean, there is a big drop off. So there is going to be a big bidding war, and I believe that there is a domino effect, especially when it comes to Otani with this whole class. But um, you know, hey, if if the Dodgers want to spend, the Dodgers can spend. They've made that very clear. And if you're going for a younger guy in Yamamoto, too, then a, you know, Aaron Nola and don't have to worry about the qualifying offer the same way, I could totally see them making that preference. Yeah. And they can get Yamamoto and Shoto Imanaga uh, if, <laughs> yeah. if they wanted to. Uh, they could get everybody those if guys. they wanted to. Everyone from they have, Japan. They have unlimited pockets. Why not? There. Yes. Uh, before we get out of here, tell me, Juan Soto, does he get traded? No. No, no. I think that they run it well, back one Scott more year. Well, you're Scott Boris Truther. Is kind of your deal. I am. You? I wish I, I wish I could do the uh, the Mad Libs like Scott Boris does, though. Too. Oh my God, the puns. Yeah. Your full belly. <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta loosen the belt a little I bit. I think they give it one more run because you know you had okay. Tatis hanging over your head last year with the suspension and all the crap with it. Um, I think that the new manager is supposed to bring the new voice and a change to the clubhouse. Whoever that is. Yeah. Right. Well, that's you know the idea. <laughs> right. Right. Um, Man, you paid everything to get Juan Soto. And you know what? If it doesn't work out, then maybe they look at what happened with Otani and the Angels and say, we got to trade him, you know, and get what we can at the very end. But I think they give it one more ride. I, I, I think they will. I, I think you can make a smart deal similar to what the Brewers did with, with Josh Hader of yep. like, hey, we, we actually got something that can help us now mm-hmm. and build going forward. And that, that kind of made sense. So 
think they I, I think they will. I, it's Padres are are kind of a mess right They're now. They're an enigma, man. They they, are. They, because like, they, would it surprise you if the Padres go out and win ninety three games next year? No. You know no. that's the thing. Would it surprise? I'm not you? betting on them. I'm no. done doing. I'm done. I'm done saying yeah. the Padres are going to win the West. Would it surprise you if they win 79 games next year? Nope. You know that's just that's the realm that you're looking. Would at it with surprise the you if the Rockies won 79 games? Oh next hell year? yes, yes it would. How about this? Are they more likely to lose 100 games next year or be three games back of the final wild card in 2025? More likely to lose 100. Oh, yeah. in 2025. Yeah. There's a lot of unknown with that. That's uh, a that's a topic for another day. It we, is uh, my initial answer. Probably losing hundred this year. All right. Well, that's Kenneth Weber for Purple Row. Keep it positive. Optimist. The ultimate optimist at yeah. K Dub nineteen eighty eight. Yes, sir. It's good stuff. Purple Row, man. Every Monday doing the rock piles as well and the pebble love reports. It. So I love it at DNVR underscore Rockies on Twitter at Patrick D Lyons is where I live uh, out in the social media sphere. Kenneth, appreciate the momentum you gave us, but unfortunately. Uh, just like the momentum in baseball, it's true of momentum in baseball podcast. It's only good as your next show. But fear not, we've got a good one tomorrow. It's Friday, Susie. It's going to be a banger, as always, right here on the DNVR Sports Channel, live on YouTube.